Just kidding. You're listening to the Hope University. We're your hosts. I'm Matthew Wood. I'm Ed Grosvenor. We are the Ginger Twins, the G&T. We have so many apologetics for quite some time, and we want to share it with you. So grab yourself a slice of lime, and let's stave off some intellectual scurvy with a loud blast of reason. Yeah, baby. Before we go on, can I just say, we need to set a date that we're going to release this on, because at some point, we need to be able to say, it's Friday, <laughs> or Thursday, or Monday, if you're really sad. No one's going to listen on a Monday, though. Okay, like, I mean, these are obviously pre-recorded ahead of time. You know, these are going to be all over the shop. But one day we'll give you a proper date. We'll tell you every day at church it's going to be released. Don't worry about it. I feel like all over the shop's not good. Oh, well, okay. It's going to be half the, half the shop's going to be piled up with mess. All fair, right. Fair. So, end of episode one. What I promised you was talking about the origins of the universe, how long it's been there, all these controversial subjects. All I'm going to do is let you down right off the bat. That was a bit early. It was way too early. We're not going to do that. What we're going to do instead is we're going to talk about philosophy and then the second the third episode i promise you we will talk about how the universe began how long it's been there we will get into the science before that though don't more importantly don't believe him he's unbelievable he's making you're making claims he's (laughs) already failed demonstrably (laughs) failed once just anyway um ignoring that chump so we're uh, what we're gonna do totally become it's not a jump um okay so what i want to talk about this episode we want to talk about philosophy and don't be fooled by the culture Philosophy is the underpinning of anything else. When people say, oh, I believe in science, science is the way, bear in mind what they've actually made is a philosophical statement. Exactly. What they've said is that science is the way to truth. Now, that is a philosophical statement that requires a burden of proof. And bear in mind, if they said that science is the way to truth, and that's the only way to truth, can they prove that claim with science? No. They'd be arguing in a circle. They'd be using the method to prove itself. Yeah. So just to, just, to be, just to be clear here, you need philosophy in order to make any kind of reasonable claim uh, to, a tr- to a truth. Hmm. So what we're going to talk about and what we're going to use mainly for any arguments for God is a deductive argument. Now, a deductive argument basically works on the ideas of premises and then a conclusion. So let's uh, take Ed, take 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 it from here. What tell everybody? What's a premise? Well, Matthew Webster's dictionary would define it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a previous statement, so a statement that's made, uh, or a proposition, uh, not of the dodgy kind, uh, from which another is inferred or follows as a conclusion. So, for instance, if a premise is true, then the conclusion must be true because that's built on the previous statement. Very good. Only Ed Grosvenor could could make philosophical logical argument a sex joke that's not how that yeah that's how it went <laughs> you, how, that's how it went how did you turn them a proposition in the form of a statement for which the other is inferred as follows as the conclusion into a sexual um, how else does event? one interpret the word in proposition it's surely that's how you've only ever heard it how you teach kids right okay so <laughs> <laughs> that's what a premise is so an argument um, just to, what we're going to give you is uh, arguments for God's existence and it's going to be based on premises and conclusion. It's just told you what a premise is. Before I carry on, I just want to tell you what an argument is not. An argument is not swaggering up to some atheist um, in the streets, your village atheist, and rolling up to him and be like, Hey, you're wrong! <laughs> and, then, and then listing out a load of reasons why they are incorrect. That's not, that's what I mean by argument. What we mean is that you, when you, um, 
have an intellectual debate with somebody as to the proof of God's existence. Okay, so once you've got the premises sorted, you then have the conclusion. If the premises are true, the conclusion necessarily follows. Said again, if the premises are true, the conclusion necessarily follows. So an example of this, to give it very, very simply, this will be a two-premise argument with one conclusion. Premise one, all human beings will soon die. Premise two, Clark is a human being. Conclusion, therefore, Clark will soon die. That was morbid, but that's uh, that's a quick example that I found on the interwebs. So sorry, Clark. Sorry, yeah, Clark. If is, you're listening, bro, he's bought it big time. So um, in that example, I just want to, that's 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 basically what a deductive argument is. And what people do is, of course, they attack the premises. So premise one: all human beings will soon die. Is that true? Well, yes, we can see that observably, and we are finite beings. Premise two: Clark is a human being. Yes, I'm talking about a man named Clark. He is indeed a human being. So if those two are true, then it follows Clark will soon die. So that is a deductive argument. Let me uh, go on. I think with, with some deductive arguments, it'd be good to give an example here of how people can't, even though it's a sound, um, it's a sound premise, some people can't have issues with it. Normally, this boils down to semantics, if we're being honest. We, okay. Is that fair? You think that's fair? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So for instance, here, all human beings will soon die. The problem there that most people would find is the word soon. So they'd say that is a subjective term. Mm-hmm. What does soon mean? And then it's semantics and they, they embroil you in a slight problem. And what they're not looking at is the actual point of the premise. Human, by, human beings will die in relation to the length of the universe soon. Yeah. Good point. Good point. So let's give you now, before we carry on to the actual arguments for God, a bad example. Premise one. Greek is a language. Premise two, Plato was a Greek. Conclusion, Plato is a language. Yeah, so uh, as you can obviously see, that's patent nonsense. Uh, Plato was a person, an individual, not a language. So um, yeah, that would be an idea of a bad deductive argument. I've got another one, if you want to hear it. It's very topical. Oh, I mean, go on, go on, Ed. You'll love this. Hit me up, Ed. Are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. It's a bad deductive argument, remember, so, you know, don't go and tell your friends. Okay. Greek, Mm -hmm. okay, the Greek were bailed out by the EU. Oh, no. Okay, no, no, wait, wait. Are you doing this? No, no, leave. Listen, it's cool. Oh, I shouldn't have said leave. Um, The referendum's in a Plato was Greek. Okay. Conclusion. Therefore, Plato yeah, was out bailed out by, by the EU. Yeah, yeah, you got it. You got absolutely it. Absolutely fantastic. Have it. Oh yeah, you got it. So, so for our second episode, what would I do is defend probably seventy-five percent of the uh, congregation. <laughs> oh no, I mean I'm not. Yeah, no, fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, moving on. So, what we're going to teach you to do is to make arguments for God's existence. The point of this is to raise the intellectual price tag for the denial of the conclusion as high as possible. Yeah. We basically want this the people who you make this argument to to be like, well, okay, you know, I have to give up an unbelievable amount of intellectual weight in order to believe atheism. Yeah, to put it's it true. quite simply, what, you, what you're doing is making the existence of God more probable than not. Right, it's really important here to, to, to make a point that we're not making it undeniable. We're just raising the price tag of saying, no, that's definitely wrong, to the point where you look, like, quite frankly, 
you look stupid for denying it. That's what we're saying, isn't it? That's the intellectual price tag. You look dumb. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he's put it better than I could. That's the point. We're trying to make everyone else look stupid. So, um, yeah, that's, that's... Gospel. That's, that's how you do the gospel, baby. So, okay. The argument for this episode, I mean, the next cu- couple of episodes that we're going to focus on is one called the Kalam Cosmological Argument. Now, the Kalam Cosmological Argument was created by a man named... Abu Hamid Muhammad Ibn Muhammad Al-Kahalzi. Well, hang on a second. That's a lot of Muhammads. He's mad for it. So, the Kalam cosmological argument actually originated in the efforts of ancient Christian philosophers. Philoponus was one of the... Philoponus? I think it's, I think it's, I think it's Philoponus. Looks like Philoponus. It's Greek, isn't it? Yeah, we're reading from, we're reading obviously this from a book and uh, I've pronounced it like a prat. I mean, one of us is right. John um, and Alexandria tried to refuse Aristotle's doctrine and that the universe is eternal in the past. That's basically the point of the Kalam cosmological argument. We'll explain the cosmological argument in just a moment. Basically, what happened was, when Islam swept over Egypt, it absorbed the tradition and developed uh, a sophisticated version of this argument. The Jews lived alongside the Muslims uh, in medieval Spain and eventually mediated this tradition back to the Christian West. And it was championed by uh, a saint. His name was... Uh, I'm going to butcher this. Um, do it. Bon- Bonaventura. Oh, nailed it. Come on, did I? Yeah, you smashed it. Yes, wrecked it. And the thing is, Christian, Jews, Muslims, we all share a common belief in creation. That's um, a Greek term called ex nihilo. Uh, that just literally means from nothing. We all have the idea of a divine being that made the entire universe as an act of his will from nothing. Physical nothing. Physical nothing. Real nothing. So it's a great, this is a great tool, not just for sharing with our atheist friends, but also with our um, Jews, with our Jews. With our Jews. Let's just tidy that up. With a Jew and our Muslim friends. To summarise, the Kalam cosmological argument goes like this. Premise one, everything that begins to exist has a cause. Premise two, the universe began to exist. The conclusion of these is therefore... The universe has a cause. Let me just rail through that one more time so you've got it nailed in your mind. One, everything that begins to exist has a cause. Two, the universe began to exist. Three, therefore, the universe has a cause. The great thing about this argument is it's so easy to remember. Like, I've said it twice. You can probably remember it from now on. It's very simple. There's only two premises, one conclusion. So... The task now is to prove the premise. The conclusion necessarily follows the premises. So all we need is to prove the premise. There are two premises to prove. This episode, we're going to focus on premise one. Everything that begins to exist has a cause. Okay. The intellectual price tag of this one's pretty high, isn't it? Yeah, this is the thing. So everything that begins to exist has a cause. Now, the thing is, most people don't even need to be convinced of this. No. Uh, this is why this will be maybe a shorter episode than usual. Because this is intuitively obvious. Everything that begins to exist has a cause. Yeah, uh, there's. Uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to defend it any, anyway. Uh, obviously, all premises are up for objections. Uh, an objection is uh, just like if you ever see a court, a lawyer will make a case or a solicitor, and some will go, objection! But let's just focus on proving this point. So... Point one, something cannot come from nothing. That something cannot come from nothing. Now, bear in mind, you will hear some atheists try, 
particularly uh, what's his name? Lawrence Krauss. Lawrence Krauss. Lawrence Krauss will uh, a famous atheist will particularly try and say that nothing is something. Which is obviously, bear in mind, I mean, that is a definitional conflict. Nothing means the absence of anything. Mm, everything. Everything. When physicists say that the universe began to exist at a finite point in the past and came out of nothing, they don't mean multiverse. They don't mean, uh, well, we'll talk about more of this in the second episode when yeah. we get to the second premise, but just quickly to say, they mean nothing. Yeah. Nothing. I think one thing for the guys to think about um, between now and the next episode, because of course it's, it's good to get guys, uh, get the people engaged. So, so between now and next time, when someone says that you can produce something from nothing and that nothing prior to this point in the past, okay, this finite point in the past where the universe began to exist, prior to that, there was a something that was conceived as nothing how that emerged into a universe. All right, so think it through. There was a nothing, but that nothing did actually contain something. And how did that turn into the universe? All right, because that's the claim they'll make. There was nothing that contained something. Exactly, which is, of course, a definitional problem. They're saying that nothing contains something. So we're not talking about nothing. We're no. talking about something. <laughs> this, this works really well for us, because if they can actually, the listeners can come up with something for that, then we've broken ground. Yeah, yeah, do it. Win-win. It's a win-win. So, something can come from nothing. If someone does decide that they're going to launch class, for example, that, yeah, okay, we're going to say that something can come from nothing. That is worse than magic. Now, I like the old magic trick. I can make coins, um, hashtag disappear. I can, uh, can, Ed loves my tricks. Um, I don't. Yeah, he says he does. What he means is... He loves them. I don't love how easily you fool my wife with <laughs> yeah, I do. She's proper colourful. She really is. Anyway, um, well, ask me next time you see me in church, say, Matt, make a coin disappear. Give me a two pence and I'll, uh, I'll show you. Stick. So, uh, yeah, yeah, what I'll do is run away. Yeah, keep oh, it. Man, in fact, there's about, what is it, 160 of you? If you'll give me two pence, I'll make you cob quiz in. I can buy myself a couple of Freddos. Anyway. Um, Not these days. Oh, yeah, they're 85 quid, aren't they? Not now we've left the EU. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> Gotta stop, Ed. So, if someone says something come from nothing, that is that is worse than magic. At least with magic, there's a hat and there's a magician. That's something and something. So when they produces the rabbit, even though you're watching it, you may be deluded for a second. You may think, oh, how did he how did he pull that rabbit out of, out of nowhere? He didn't pull it out of nowhere. He pulled it out of a hat. Mm. And the magician is, is a being. So still not nothing. In your mind, when you imagine nothing, you probably think of a big black empty space. The problem is, is that you've imagined a space. You've imagined a hollow, empty expanse, and that is still something. Yeah, because in order for there to be an expanse in which for there to be a hollowness, there has to be a confine to it. Exactly. It's difficult. Which is really difficult. Something. It's nearly impossible to imagine nothing, but that's that's the key to this. Everything that begins to exist has a cause, and nothing cannot produce anything. Because something can't come from nothing. I mean, this is philosophy 101. You cannot get being out of non-being. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, because the, 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 the idea here is that, that if you can get being from non-being, then why are things not like popping into being from this nothingness all the time? Why isn't the concept like... Yeah, exactly. Why, um, if, if nothing can c- 
create universes. Why is it nowadays, bear in mind, the universe is here and this nothing power would still exist. This, no- this nothing that created the universe would still be there mm. doing stuff. So why is it that nothing, this thing, this quote, quote, nothing, only creates universes? It seems almost discriminatory that this universe would create nothing. Like, oh, well, you know, well, I'm triggered. I am triggered. You can't have that sort of thing. It's really hard being triggered all the time. And I'm not kidding. It's all the time for me at this point. I get dressed in the morning. I'm triggered. I take a shower. I'm triggered. I get in the car. I'm triggered. Wow. I mean, hang on a sec. Are you saying I'm like that? Is that supposed to be me? Yeah, well, you know, mate, could... I'm triggered again. I don't be triggered. I've got no other clips. That's the last clip. I've well, got somebody triggered. No, I know, but I mean, it, I realise that we can't just keep going on the same clip. But I mean, <laughs> at this point, it's going to be an infinitesimal regression of triggers. <laughs> we haven't got to that bit yet. I know. They, I know. Yeah, They'll get it. They, they won't get it. They'll get it. Okay. So, so we've covered the basically. This is the problem with premise one. Uh, not the problem. The good thing about premise one is it's so obviously true. Something can't can't come from nothing. And if it was true that something come from nothing, then why doesn't lots of stuff come from nothing? So why is nothing so discriminatory to any universes? Why don't we see Beethoven and root beer uh, and mobile phones and keyboards blasting out of nothing all the time? Why is it we have to see a cause for everything we see? We always have to see this. And this is the thing, it's not rocket science. This is the problem, the thing with this premise is that it's so obviously true it's almost boring to talk about it sorry and it, but we've got to we've got to do it we've got to get premise one nailed in your heads premise one everything that begins to exist has a cause and on the subject of saying oh it's a bit boring that's you know just so you guys know that's why we've been trying to spice why we've been joking around a little bit and it's been a little bit more uh, I would say laddish than usual Let's- it's because exactly we realise that this is not it's not a hot topic. No one's talking about this in Parliament. Well, we, we realise that it's, it's not an exciting thing to chat about because it's so intuitively clearly obvious. Hence why we've, we've sort of pratted around a little bit. Hopefully we've made you laugh and you've enjoyed it. Yeah, that's best we I mean, one thing I would say well, before we go is remember, in pop science, you have to be very, very wary of popular articles and television shows and scientific theories that try to simplify a technical theory. There is a resort to metaphors and words and pictures that are just uh, misleading. The claim that physics shows that something can come from nothing is a point in case. You'll see this in all sorts of things and nearly no one, bar Lawrence Krauss, will defend that idea. That's basically premise one. Premise one is so clearly true and so obviously true and you should feel very confident in premise one that everything that begins to exist has a cause, that if atheism or agnosticism or any other form of argument tries to argue, if anyone tries to deny premise one or argues that something can come from nothing, then that makes their belief system, either in atheism or agnosticism, philosophically bankrupt. And stupid. Yeah, stupid is, uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm dressing up stupid. I'm putting a bit a bit Caesar sauce on the word stupid. Yeah. The other thing that you might hear, just before we finish off, is that Richard Dawkins is famous for saying, well, if something if something can't come from nothing, and everything that begins to exist must have a cause, then where did God come from? Right, yeah, well, the problem is that he's, he's confusing physical and metaphysical here. He's uh, not understanding the idea of God. This is a, again, it's the same thing as Lawrence Krauss is doing. He's not understanding the definition of the word when it yeah. comes down to, and I hate to break it down to semantics, but that's the way it is. Mm. God means eternal it's as simple as that eternal and all the things we know about god omnipotent omniscient etc etc 
It is eternal in the past. He has no cause. Exactly. That's it. That's where the term prime mover comes from. He's the first uncaused cause. Exactly. So if you hear people say, well, um, if something comes from nothing and everything that begins with this has a cause, then where did God come from? The thing is, what they've done is applied physical attributes to, to a, metaphysical a, to a metaphysical being. being. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Which is no good. So I think we're going to touch upon this next time, aren't we? We are. Second premise next week is going to be the universe began to exist. Woo! Boom! Okay, so the universe began to exist. So we're going to talk about how old it is, how long it goes, how uh, how it was found that it has a beginning. We're going to go into the science of all of those reasons. And what's more important is we're going to be able to get your heads around the idea that in a moment, a partial of a second expansion and explosion of the universe, there was somehow amongst all the chaos and all the all the, all the all the nuclear forces, the weak and the strong and all these things, suddenly out of nowhere came order. Yeah, another one sorted. Yeah, Good get. Yeah, I know you got lots on. Oh, you know, a guy came to my door yesterday. Okay, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just came to just before you go. Sorry, I, I he came to door. No, no, yeah, but it, honestly, he came to my door. Right. He came in. He was like, he was like, you know, banging on the door. Banging, is it? I knock, knock. Yeah, and he said, um, he said, uh, my name's Europe. He said his name's Europe. Was this what was yeah. his surname? Europe, Europe, who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he said uh, Europe, Europe, who? You're a poo. Oh, you're a you're oh, a poo head. <laughs> I see. You're a yeah. head because your <laughs> yeah. uh, poo is brilliant. Mate. Do you know what? Once again, I'm in a rush. It's just... 